0: your Nation, let's ride. But Don Nealon's mountaineers enjoy walking in where angels fear to tread.
1: Harrison trouble,
0: stiff arms, a would be tackler comes down the 25 to 20, goes around about it to 15 to 10 to 5. A touchdown with Virginia, he did it. Takes the slate one on one with the defender. Look
1: at Pat White. West Virginia football. Leave no doubt tonight! Leave no doubt tonight! No doubt! It shouldn't have played the old Don Blue! It is a great night to be a Mountaineer, wherever you may be! And now, the show brought to you by Mountaineer fans, for Mountaineer fans, the Country Road Webcast. What's going on, Mountaineer Nation? Welcome into Season 5, Episode 133 of the CRW Podcast, our Kansas Review and Reactions episode. As always, I'm your host, Jordan Cruz. A uh, little bit more somber edition this time, I guess you could say, but I got Bradley here with me. What's going on, Brad?
0: Not much, man. Just, you know, been thinking a lot about our football team today and about how I feel. Still not great, but this yeah, is what I we're here to talk not. about.
1: Let's say it's a real uh, time to think about the uh, state of the program. You know, it's, it's that time for sure. Um, if you caught our post-game live stream, which, uh, of course, streamed live here on YouTube if you're watching the video version of this podcast uh, and on the Voice of College Football YouTube and the West Virginia Voice of College Football YouTube page, you definitely probably saw we were ranting and raving, as I think a lot of men in your nation was, following that episode. But uh, we'll be there to uh, discuss each game the rest of the way out for the Mountaineers here in 2022 season. So subscribe to us here on our YouTube or on the Voice of College Football YouTube and the West Virginia Voice of College uh, football page as well in order to catch our post-game immediate reactions this season. And then, of course, we'll be back here on the podcast side of things here on you know the video version on YouTube and Facebook and then the audio version here on all podcast platforms to talk about it still yet in our review and reaction episodes if you can't catch the live streams immediately following the game. Plenty of ways to hear our thoughts on the Mountaineers this season. And as I said in this one, a little bit more somber as the Mountaineers have unfortunately dropped to 0-2 for the first time since 1979 after they fall to the Kansas Jayhawks 55-42 to in overtime in the home opener and conference opener of the 2022 football season. Bradley, uh, we've had, you know, a little bit over 24 hours now to kind of let it process, let it marinate. What are your opening thoughts uh, following the loss, you know, today as we sit here and and record this episode?
0: Yeah, Yeah. and I think that I still have a lot of the same emotions, and that seems to be um, pretty consistent throughout Mountaineer Nation, it feels like. What I've seen on Twitter today, just like people talking about it, is everybody's still really upset, you know, with losing to Kansas. It doesn't feel good. And you know, I stand by, um, I stand by, by my statement of stepping off the climb. I've been a huge Neil Brown fan. Um, still like the guy personally. I think that he's a wonderful person. But just when it comes to running our football program, he just doesn't seem to um, have what it takes, honestly, to win these big games and to really send these, you know, uh, send this program in the right direction. You know, going into it, I really thought Neil Brown had the potential um really had the potential to take us to new heights and it seems like we've kind of reached some of our lowest lows at this moment and you know I haven't felt this bad since the 2013 season uh which was also when who lost to Kansas but where it just seemed like we had a team that couldn't do anything and uh you know it's frustrating and it's it's really tough and you know I will say I tweeted this out on Twitter today and I'll stand by it 100% um I don't agree with people hurling insults at Neil Brown I don't agree with people um, you know, you can be frustrated. You can be mad with him. Um, but sitting in there and saying he's a horrible person and how could he ever do this to us? The guy didn't do it intentionally. Neil Brown came in here with all the expectations of being able to win with this program and, uh, you know, really be able to compete at this level. And, you know, I thought he was doing a good job at it. There's just something. And I think that we can all agree that it's his conservative play calling. It's, it's, it's him being scared to really let loose and embrace West Virginia football, Power 5 football, you know, and the brand that we've built here, just like excitingness, going for it, big balls to the walls. And uh, he didn't get it done. And I don't think that that's, you know, people act like he intentionally did that, and that's absolutely not true. And so I don't get people insulting the man. You know, I get it. He didn't work out great. But to sit there and be a big baby about it and act like a child and you know kick your feet and scream and whine and say you know how dare he waste four years of our life? He didn't intend to do that, and I won't stand by that. That's absolutely ridiculous. When you're looking for a new head coach, uh, which I at this moment feels like that's the direction we're trending in, uh, what head coach is going to want to walk into that? You know what I mean? And so uh, we got to be better as a fan base. You know we can't sit here and act like our program's worth something great when we treat people like trash. I mean, that goes towards the people acting that way towards the players, acting that way towards the coaches. Um, there's no couth to it, and uh, we can be better than that.
1: Yeah, well said. You know, it's a fine line between critiquing a coach and um, what he's done or hasn't done um, and a personal attack on said coach. You know, let's let's not confuse the two as as Mountaineer fans we can we can be critical and of the coaching job and stuff but let's not confuse that with a personal attack on you know people in general so keep that in mind is is a good point but I do agree with everything uh you said and I kind of echoed that as well uh just extremely disappointed rode the Neil Brown train you know probably more than anyone adamant you know Neil Brown apologist for three plus years and that's so what I put on Twitter earlier. It kind of stinks because it seems like over the last 24 hours, it feels like I've been eating a lot of crow. And but I, you know, I said I'm not, you know, too afraid to admit when I, I'm wrong. And unfortunately, it seems like this is one that not only was I wrong about, but a lot of people may have been wrong about uh, this home run can't miss hire of Neil Brown um, up to this point. Just unacceptable results. Done everything right, but win football games. You know, Neil Brown has, but. Ultimately, that's that's the only thing that matters, right? So, uh, we've gauged our reaction a little bit. Like I said, you know, our instant reaction on the um, on the post game stream, and then here diving into it a little bit further. And we're going to continue to get into it a little bit, but wanted to do something a little bit different for these uh, reviews and reactions, and that's just kind of get the pulse of Mountaineer Nation a little bit as well. So, I put out a tweet on our uh, Twitter page this morning. Which, if you're not following, see on the video side it's there on the screen but if you listen on the audio side it's at wvu country roads but i, I just kind of wanted to see um how mountaineer nation was uh takings and how they were feeling i uh, didn't want to put it out immediately yes yesterday you know following the game wanted to give people you know some time to sit on it and see how everyone's feelings were still sitting and you know kind of gauge that in comparison to ours and see kind of what the fan base was feeling about this whole thing so Let's look here at some uh, some responses to our tweet, and, and you know we'll uh, go read through them. And uh, some of them have some questions in there, Brad, and we can answer the questions as they as they pop up. But here's the tweet. Um, you know, if you're watching the video side, of course, you can follow along here. But for those listening on the audio side to the audio version here of season five, episode 133, on our Twitter, I put out. I said, Mountaineer Nation. It's the morning after having slept on it. Now, how are you feeling about WV football? Reply with your thoughts, feelings, or concerns, and we'll feature some on our Review and Reactions episode that we'll be recording later today, uh, which we are now recording. And I'm going to go through and check out some of these reactions from Mountaineer Nation. We got Tom here. Tom says, frustrating to watch the defense so undisciplined and unprepared with an offense. That could score at will. Eddie Young here says, I love the Mountaineers. Man, we were not prepared to play. I think we have talent. It's the coaching. NB needs some changes. I want him to succeed. I like the guy, but we're losing games. We should win. It's going to be a long season unless this gets fixed now. Yeah. Um, can we talk about this say real quick? Sam, I love uh, another great follower of us. Yeah, go ahead. Chime in. Chime in. If anything, yeah. you're to stop me along the way and chime in on anything you want to ahead. Yeah, and I think that those like two
0: comments, especially right off the bat, kind of highlight the big issue with Neil Brown. And <clears throat> you, you had mentioned the other day that he's – He's won every, uh, every um, conference, every interview that he's been in, right? And he just – he has mm-hmm. a good job of doing that and getting people to believe and buy in. And I think that when I've looked at this team and something that, like, uh, one of the most consistent things I've seen out of Neil Brown is the fact that it does not seem that he has had a team prepared for every game throughout the season. And, you know, I think that that's one of those things that's just like really glaring at me now going forward. Um, And as a big reason, you know, losing to Kansas isn't great, but it's it's not necessarily losing to Kansas. It's how we lost to Kansas. It's that undisciplined football play. And, you know, going into the season on our preseason uh, uh, shows, like we had brought up the fact that, you know, this team needed to be disciplined. They needed to be ready to play. And, you know, we had to see them clean up those mistakes because you can forgive the first few years, but just seeing it still into year four, just like the complete undiscipline, you know, is something that Tom, Eddie Young, you and myself, and every other Joe Blow and a Golden Blue have seen, you know? And so when we're going through these, like, if I'm looking at things that just, you know, stand out to me, you know, poor defensive play, it happens. Sometimes your defense just has an off day, um, but having, 12 false starts in your first two games is at your offensive line undisciplined not being able to play assignment football undisciplined you know and it's just one of those things it's like that's something that you can really chalk up to coaching and it's almost like you know neil brown has said in his post game conferences which you know i hindsight looking at it how many times have you heard neil brown say those guys were just doing stuff that we didn't coach them to do
1: yeah, and, and and I don't I don't get that. You know, I, I just don't understand that. How does that keep how does that keep happening? You know, that's yeah. That's
0: he said it in several interviews. He has said, you know, mm-hmm. our linebackers weren't playing the way that we taught them to play. Our our quarterbacks weren't playing the way that we taught them to play and our linemen weren't playing the way we taught them to play, and our quarterbacks aren't playing the way we taught them to play. And we've heard that for years. And so it's just one of those things, it's like you want to look past it because of youth and inexperience, but at this point it
1: has to be coaching has to be got to got to what else what else could it be? i I completely agree with you, you know, at this point where we're at, you know like we've said, you know, going into the season, leading all up, this was the show me year, and two games in, and uh we've been shown and not you know not the way that we thought we would and, and in going in the opposite direction, and when you lose to Kansas at home, you know. It's it's just not good, you know. First home night game in four years. You know, this I said on on our post game, I you know, they brought this up and I still stand stand by it. No Brown complains about not having a home night game in, in you know four years, and this is why. This is why, you know, mm-hmm. he doesn't he doesn't have one because can't yeah. win. You know, you gotta have the wins. And yeah, the one time you do get one, this is what happens. But yeah, anyway, and that's um, like a, another uncomfortable thing. In, Sorry. Another unprepared thing that
0: you can look at, though, is like uh, in his interviews, because this is stuff that's like jumped out to me since. How many times in his interview, Kansas, even themselves, as he said, he said this in Kansas and against Pitt, that they just gave us some stuff that we had not seen before. They just hit us with some Mm. things we weren't expecting and that we just like weren't prepared for. And it's just like,
1: you know, that's you you think I I, I forget that. I I overlooked it every
0: single time. Yeah. It's like I ever looked at every single time when I'm like apologizing for Neil Brown that, you know, that last game, because it just really pulled me off the Neil Brown train and like doing that has really taken the Neil Brown glasses off. And it's like, you look at that and it's like, it was screaming at me the whole time.
1: Yeah. And, and I know one of the things I harped on was his decision to, you know, kick the field goal when we were down 11 to make it an eight point game to where you could only tie at best and, you know whatever maybe i shouldn't have harped on that decision so much because it's not you know as as game changing or whatever as i you know thought it was in the moment but i think to me the reason that i harped on it and why it stuck out to me is because it just showed me you know everything about neil brown that everyone has been trying to say that i kind of been been in denial about it was almost what opened my eyes to it, it was just in that moment it just all hit me that that decision to me was just like a microcosm of the entire Neil Brown era of, you know, being conservative, taking the easy choice and just not, not having what it takes, I guess, for lack of a better term, to be able to win the football, win football games here. Yeah, And And you you brought up that field field goal
0: kick and this is something we didn't talk about, but he chose to go for a field goal. And then what happened? Our field goal team wasn't ready (laughs) We took a five-yard yeah, delayed game penalty. We, and, our, exactly our field goal unit is just not up. conscious. Our field goal unit is just not conscious of what the game is going on. And you know we decided to go for a field goal, and now we're taking in a delay game. You're unprepared. You're not ready. Yeah. Your team's undisciplined.
1: Hundred percent on coaching. I'm glad you brought that up. Not only, you know, the mental mistakes and false starts happen, which happened on a lot, but on that drive you got fourth and goal with the one. You get the fault. You get the false start. So you're backed up. Fourth and you know goal from the six, and you're going to kick the field goal, but how do you get a delay of game penalty following a penalty? It it's just baffling, and it's baffling, you know, game management decisions like that, mental mistakes, things that that keep happening. That you know if they happen occasionally, okay, but when it's happened consistently for four years, that's that's coaching, and that's and that's the issue. But I digress. Uh, we'll dive back in here. Some more of the fans' thoughts here. Where we Sandlot Love, that's where we were here. He says I feel terrible. What really surprised me is the lack of will and the effort of the de, that the defense played with. Offense scored three times in the in a row in a row starting the game. I'm disappointed with the transfers. The secondary played deep and the deep line couldn't push or do anything. Reese dropping passes also. Uh, Eric Cruz here says give him till the bye week and explore the options. Our friend Kuz over at Kuz's Corner. Says, surprisingly, I feel the same as I did last night. Neil isn't the guy. Clay here says, I was shocked at how bad our defense was on our heels the whole game. We made two huge mistakes in the muff point and the passer. The offense played well, but certainly shouldn't have settled for field goals on those last few drives. I certainly agree with that one. Lou Pryor says, it's time to make WV great again. And um, if you guys can see the picture there, uh, Rich Rod with a uh, Make West Virginia Great Again hat on on the sideline. That's that's funny. Um, I don't know. Anyway, uh, Michael uh, here, Mike G. from VA says, WVU is better than this. On the same day our basketball coach was inducted in the Hall of Fame, our football coach proved yet again he is not capable of competing against even mid-level Big 12 programs. Stop the bleeding now. Fire Neil Brown. Hashtag fire, Neil Brown. Anyways, and then uh, uh, Jack Thomas replies, "Fire lions too." um will stop there for a second, Brad. Uh, just because um, it brought up uh, something I wanted to uh, talk about as well. There with um, Michael's uh, response to us there on Bob Huggins Day of all of all days, you know this happens mm-hmm. in West Virginia. Falls to Kansas, you know, Bob Huggins getting inducted into the Hall of Fame, you know, same day the game is being played around the same time, actually. Um, But, you know, it made me think of, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Wolf of Wall Street and Jonah Hill in the scene Mm -hmm. where the guy is uh, cleaning out his fishbowl and Jonah and it's new issue day. And Jonah Hill goes over on the guy and throws a cigarette at him and goes off. He's on a new issue day. A new issue day. And that's just kind of how I felt yesterday. I wanted to I wanted to treat Neil Brown like the guy cleaning out the fishbowl and just be like on Bob Huggins Day. You lose to Kansas on Bob Huggins Day. (laughs) Day. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, literally, man. I don't know. It's just gosh, it it couldn't have happened at a worse time for Neil Brown.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Anyway, pushing on through a few more responses here i uh, get into a question or two here in a second, Brad. We can chime in on those. Russell Sandy says other teams are getting better. We are not. Generation mm-hmm. X, we had 39 seconds with two timeouts before the half. We take a knee. Head coach Noel Brown isn't playing to win. We could have gotten three points. Teams get complacent with the lead. Our fans didn't fill the stadium. Half of them left 11 minutes into the fourth. Too much shotgun for short yardage, no big package. Um, Malik Wilkerson says, terrified of taking risks. Shaking him head in reference to Neil Brown. Kevin Gordon says, fire Neil Brown. That's it. Since 2018, have we gotten any better? Not in my opinion. Four years and almost $15 million. We're in the same place that we were. Also, if you can't afford to fire him, then you take a look at the firing of the athletic department, athletic director as well for giving him that ridiculous extension. Adam Morgan says, I want to discuss the buyout and W's realistic options are, which is where we get into our first uh, couple questions here. Brad says, number one, can W negotiate it down? Number two, are their donors willing to cover it? Number three lines created this mess. Shouldn't he go to, um, what are your thoughts there on any of those questions there, Brad?
0: Yeah. So, uh, uh, number one, I don't think we're going to be able to negotiate down the buyout. I just don't – I have not really heard of that before. Um, you know, I, I don't know who would ever agree to, to take less money to be fired. Uh, don't think that's happening. Do you?
1: Yeah, it's it's unlikely. Um, I wouldn't see that, you know, something like that happen. And I think best-case scenario for something like that is – you just got to hope that maybe Neil pulls a, pulls a Dana and goes, you know, back decides to, you know, sees the writing on the wall and decides to leave on his own. And, uh, you know, then he'll owe you a little bit of money, or maybe you guys can just work it out, you know, call it even break. If it's, if it's what you both want, you know, kind of similar to what, you know, West Virginia worked out with, with Dana. Uh, But as far as talking the buyout down, I don't think so. I mean, it's, it's there for a reason, but, you know, the extension that people are, are talking bad about, which I understand, you know, maybe it came too early now in hindsight, but I think also with that, I don't think that Shane Lyons makes that extension without there being some backdoor, some loophole that they could sneak out of that buyouts one way or another. There's got to be got be something, I would think, you know, they're, they're going to build into that extension to help themselves out, I would think. So maybe, but I don't know. Uh, but what do you think about about Shane Lyons? I mean, you know, this was his hire. Uh, should he share in some of this blame?
0: Um, I like Shane Lyons. I'll be the first to
1: admit it. I think he's done really
0: good with all the other athletics going on at WVU. Um, you know, we've had a fun baseball team. They're not having a great year this year. Uh, but they were really good with Alex Manova and them, you know, looked really exciting. Um, of course, you've had Bob Huggins lockdown the basketball team since before, Shane Lyons. Um, he brought in a stellar hire for the women's basketball coach. Um, I know she hasn't coached her first game yet, but she also seems super exciting. Yeah. Um, I'm not going to hold it against Shane Lyons. I don't, I don't. Uh, you know, you can say that the extension was early and unearned, but you have a coach who in his second year was um, going and winning a bowl game, you know, and is recruiting up an absolute storm and is trying to develop a, a cultured program. And so I just don't, I don't think that Chainline. I think he, you know, maybe will catch some flack for this, but I don't think that he should go. I don't think Chainline is going to get fired. Um, especially right now with how tumultuous everything is losing a head coach is, is troublesome, but going into conference realignment and, you know, Brandville's coming up and stuff like that. It's just we are already going to struggle enough losing a head coach, let alone trying to reform our athletic department right now. Where yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I would I would back you up on that. I think yes, yeah, Shane Lyons made this higher, but like I said, look look around at anyone you talk to and, and they thought this was a home run hire, and you're know, the best guy left available when one West Virginia made the hire. So I don't think you can put that on Shane Lyons for going out and getting what was believed to be the best guy available. And if it doesn't work out, you know, it it doesn't work out. You know, there's no such thing as a foolproof hire, unfortunately. And, you know, we thought this was the closest one could be. And we see, you know, it's not turning out that way. But I think you got to look beyond football, like Bradley said, Shane Lyons, you know. Of course, the athletic department for all, you know, athletic director, excuse me, for all the sports at West Virginia and has made some good hires there. You know, Bradley mentioned the women's basketball coach. I think she's going to do good things. Um, The soccer coach, you know, the men's soccer program is at a level it hasn't been before. You know, you could continue to go on down that line, I'm sure, if you would like. And Bradley, and of course, Bradley said, you know, just tumultuous time in the sport, especially in college football, conference realignment the like and uh, having to deal with the coach's or you kind of do want someone with experience with that. And, you know, Shane Lyons will hopefully maybe learn from this and knock it out the park with the next one. If, if it does indeed come to that, but um, I understand putting, you know, feeling like he should have a little heat too. I get it, but I, I don't think that he he's going to lose his job or go anywhere. Um, I'd be surprised at that, but uh, moving forward here, uh, a little bit more of the fan opinion, a few more here before we, uh, Get ready to wrap this thing up for too much longer here on season five, episode 133 of the CRW Pod. Um, B here, B buyer182 says, Still the same. Brown is a nice guy, not a football guy. Done trusting the climb. Don't lose to Kansas at home and think you're headed in the right direction. And then Nathan here says, Brown needs to be fired. Last night officially killed the last bit of trust I had in the climb. No excuse he has to go opinion in this one and where they're kind of at following the upsetting unexpected heartbreaking program crushing career hurt hurting i guess you could say for neil brown you know i you know i remember in the in the overtime you know watching or listening to the little last little bit there and Just thinking, you know, Neil Brown's job is on the line here. Not only is this, you know, the game on the line, but Neil Brown's job could potentially be on the line. And, of course, it worked out the way that it did. And I think everyone's kind of feeling like the writing is on the wall. Moving forward, so, Brad, you know, we'll get into a little something, a little bit more positive at the end, of course. We'll wrap up with our players of the game. But I guess the ultimate question right now at this point, that Mountaineer Nation probably – wants to know so we can speculate on it here because that's the fun thing about, you know, podcasting is we get to talk about the theories and theorize potential hypotheticals and things like that. So, hypothetically, 2023, this time next year, you know, give or take a week or two, we're heading into the 2023 season. Is Neil Brown the head coach of the West Virginia Mountaineers?
0: Uh, no. I don't think he is. Uh unfortunately I I do think that he will make it to the end of the season. I think that, you know, with the buyout being as high as it is, it's going to drop down to 15 million, which I think is going to be a lot more manageable than you could possibly negotiate it down to 10 million just, you know, some way, uh, you know, um, but it would take it would take a miracle for no brown to really uh get people back on his side. And like I said, you're at the point where, uh, you know, if you lose the team, then this could be a really, really, really bad season. I mean, you're looking at maybe going two and ten, three and nine realistically. And, you know, I, I I laughed at a certain media star who, who said that West Virginia is going to go three and nine. And, Still not a fan of him, whether he's, whether he's right or wrong. I could still care less about the guy. But, you know, I thought it was sheer sheer lunacy to say that. Yeah. And now it's like realistically like could happen. And,
1: and I, I thought the same with Vegas is over under, you know, win total. Of, I think it's five or five and a half. And I was like, oh, that's easy money. And took that. And now I'm going to be sweating the rest of the season to see, to see if I hit that. But, um, you know, I don't know. We were wrong, yeah. I guess.
0: And, yeah, and it's one of those things where, like, um, going forward, it's like, what what do you want to see from Neil Brown? You know, like, what you – know, obviously, he's not going to be able to win you over or, you know, convince me that unless he goes on a tear and just starts beating everybody, he's not going to be able to convince me that he's going to be the guy. But at this moment, like, for example, if we go out against Towson on Saturday – and we play Rashad Ajayi and Wesley McCormick, I'm going to be mad. I'm, I'm going to be upset because, you know, they, they didn't look great in two games now. You've got two young guys that are hungry, that, are, that were elite talent coming out of high school, no offense to Rashad and uh, Wesley, but, you know, they went to FCS for a reason out of high school. And you got Jacoby Spells, who was the best recruit in our whole entire class last year, that's probably itching to get out there and play. And Mumu bin wahad who has been so exciting, and Mountaineer fans have been so excited for him. And you you might as well put it on the line now. I mean, you you could say – the answer is, like, if Neil Brown does that, then he's even more scared. And, like, that's not what you want to see because, like, that's what we're upset about is the fact that he's played – Played and coached scared the whole time. It's like he's been afraid of losing his yep. job since the day he got here, and I think that that's cost him his job. <laughs> and so, ironically, you know, kept Jerry Dickey did never make a change, never let, never even tried to like explore other options. And if he turns around and does the same thing and doesn't let some of the the amazing top end recruits that we've gotten here because of him, him doesn't even get them a shot, then they're gonna leave. And we're absolutely not going to be able to see them ever because, you know, if they see what's in front of them and they, they know that they could probably do better. Even if they're rougher on the edges, why would they stay, you know? Yeah. And so like, that's one of those things if he comes out and continues to play scared and acts like keeping Wesley McCormick in and Ajayi in, you know, and I don't mean to harp on those guys. It's just, you know, the most blatant, put Trey Layton in a linebacker guy was an absolute stud recruit, let him, I know he's fresh. I know he's young. Give him a shot, man. <laughs> what you got I going mean, right now point. is not what you not got point. going right now is not working. And so like by continuing not to act, it's only gonna make me more mad. Because yeah. you can't play scared because like this team's not gonna that defense is not gonna win you games and it's not gonna save your job. And so you might as well try something different. If they lose then they were gonna lose anyway
1: yeah i would tend to, i would tend to agree with you i think next year Neil brown at this point it seems hard to believe that going into twenty twenty three he would be the West Virginia football coach to me i think save for maybe winning out or losing one to two more games at most, he would have to do something you know like that i think in order to keep his job at this point just just kind of the, the way that it feels because Looking at it, like you said, people are going to be, people are already upset, but people are upset to the point that if this continues and it's the same stuff, it's, you know, even maybe not so much next week because it's Towson, you're playing FCS team, it's, it's probably going to look a little better. But against Virginia Tech, against Texas, if it looks the same, then you're dealing with a half empty stadium for the rest of the season because people aren't going to come. People are, you know, it's. You'll be lucky it's, if it's half full. We should yeah. Be lucky. So, so I mean that's you know something that the athletic department has to look at as this goes along as well is do we go ahead and cut this off, you know, mid season so we can get an early jump on the coaching search, so then the fans aren't a little bit more balled in. We can sell more tickets to these games. You know, there's a lot of little tiny nuances that go into it. I think as we progress throughout the season, it's gonna be interesting to see in which direction things head. But seems like we're definitely at the crossroads right now the fork in the road if you will neil brown gonna have to win and win immediately and at a rapid rate to keep his job or we're going to start hearing you know rumblings throughout the season and see what happens and we may be in the midst of a coaching search but either way we'll be here to chronicle it all throughout the season here at the country roads webcast plenty of podcast episodes going throughout the year q a live streams on the youtube channel you can listen to the podcast that you're hearing now. If you're listening on the audio side, you can listen to it on any podcast platform. If you're hearing it on Apple podcasts, leave us a review. That helps. If you're watching it on YouTube, you're probably checking it out on the country roads webcast channel or on the WV sports now channel. As we are the official fan podcast there on the WV sports Now.com site, part of the sports now podcast network. And I appreciate of, of those guys, but whatever channel you're watching it on, whether it's the WV sports now channel or our own on YouTube, Hitting the like button really helps a lot. It'll help this video's performance and help future video's performances as well. And if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on either channel. Helps us, helps you, helps get more of this Mountaineer football content. Out to Mountaineer Nation. That being said, we'll get ready to get out of here before too much longer. I believe we've ranted and raved about Kansas, you know, all that there is to say. I do got one more
0: thing that I want to talk about. And yeah, go ahead. That's that's JT Daniels' interview, right, his post-game mm-hmm. interview, which is just like you can you could tell that he was visibly upset during the game when we jumped off sides on that fourth and one after he just, you know, ran the ball for the first time in a blue and gold jersey, um, almost gets the touchdown, it lines up, gets his team ready, and they jump off sides, and he just put his hands in his face, you know, yeah. put his head face in his hands. And, you know, you hear him in the post-game, and you know he's frustrated. You know that he's been promised all these things. Honestly, he got the Neil Brown treatment. <laughs> you know, he he was told, you know, you coming in here, you're going to make us a ten win team, and it's not been guaranteed. And so, like, I know, you know, towards the end of that, you know, um, JT Daniels said, you know, we can't keep making dumb like dumb shit or keep doing dumb shit or something. Too much dumb line. shit. Too, too much dumb, dumb. shit. Yeah and you know neil brown is not happy about that there's no way hearing your starting quarterback come out and say that and just like you can feel you can feel the anger behind it you know at least i can't you know that's how i interpret it it's just you know um we're doing too much dumb shit and it's like why are we doing too much dumb shit and it's because we're not properly coached right and like that has to be the 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 the, the prevailing thought and feeling behind it and so like are we going to – like when I'm talking about losing the team, are we going to start seeing a fracture there now? You know, where you, you got your quarterback who's a five-star that's been promised all this stuff that's coming in and has looked great. He has held up his end of the deal, and everybody else around him has not. And so, you know, does JT Daniels finish the season in a blue and gold jersey? You know, does he stick in it just hoping that he can show off with Bryce Ward Wheaton and, you know, maybe get those two guys to the NFL and just, you know, say F it to the rest of it. I don't know, but I would like to know what you think.
1: Yeah, it's it's hard to tell, but, you know, the, my one prevailing thing on it that I can and will say, and I believe, you know, I said it before I can't remember if it was, you know, on mic or, or off mic talking to you, but JT Daniels deserves better than this. You know, he, he does, especially the way that he's fought, you know, in two games since coming here how great he's looked, and, you know, he deserves better. The players that are playing their butts off deserve better. The fans certainly deserve better. You know, Mountaineer Nation just in general deserves better So than what we've been getting for for four years. And I think, you know, trying to flip it over and look at one positive side of it is the one thing that, you know, I've said and and I'll probably continue to say is, Neil Brown's done everything right except win football games, and yes, ultimately, that's all that matters. But I say that to say this: if we do end up with you know going on a coaching search, the one good thing to look at is our program is in a heck of a lot better state this time than it was you know in two thousand and nineteen when Neil Brown took over, and whoever will take over from him will take over a program in a much better state. So while we may still have you know a year or two off, it's not going to be the three to five year rebuild that we had to endure. With Neil Brown, I don't believe so. That's the one good thing about it is that you know, Neil Brown has done a good job recruiting and, and things like that. So, that's, but it's also the scary program part is, should be able know. to be able to, yeah, somebody should be able to pick it up and run with it. I think,
0: but I mean, you'd hope, but like in today's world, like there's nothing that's going to stop these recruits from bouncing unless you know, the, the new coach can come in and truly win over everybody and get Nico Markiel to say, I mean, really, if we're being honest it's going to come down to if Nico stays, you know, because that guy is supposed to be the future of our program. new Nation loves him. You know, he wants to be the guy. I think he likes WVU and not just because of Neil Brown. But, you know, if a new coach comes in and we don't get to keep Nico, then, then where do we go? Like, do we get lucky and hope that Goose and Garrett Green stay? Well, that's not guaranteed. Those guys might not even make it to the end of the year as well. And so, you know, I think that – when I'm sure we'll talk about it at some point in time, but I've been trying to think about if we're going to replace No Brown, what do we go with? And in my heart, I want to say Graham Harrell. I really do. I want to say that, you know, I think if Graham Harrell stays, I think that maybe we could sucker JT into staying for another year. We'll definitely keep Nico. I don't think he would go anywhere because Graham Harrell's a proven great quarterback coach. But I think that you're going to lose Jordan Leslie off the jump. I think that that guy would be upset. He's been here. He's proven himself year after year. He has a bad defense this year. He lost a lot of talent. You know, I, we knew it was going to be a rough spot for him. But you know, he's gone, and so you know, you're probably losing a big portion of your staff. Um, and you know, you're really disrespecting kind of like the coaches that have been there, gone through it, but also those are the same coaches that came in with Nebron. Brown. And so, I don't know. It, it, it's just it's a scary thought. It's exciting, but boy, it's just, it's a position I wish I was not in.
1: Yeah. It's definitely not where you wanted to be after, you know, all this time, but I definitely think, you know, Graham Harrell would would potentially be a candidate and we'll certainly get into more of that as this thing progresses um, throughout, whether it be (sighs) talking about candidates or tracking it as the situation progresses, as far as, Shane Lyons if he comes out with any statements if anything happens you know as the season moves on we'll be here to chronicle it along the way but I guess we'll try and put a bow on Kansas I'm sure that you guys are tired of hearing about it I think that we're all kind of talked out about it but as far as you know the coaching search the future of the coaching head coaching position for the West Virginia football team there will be plenty of news on that that unfolds in the days and weeks to come throughout this season and we'll be here to Talk about it all in the Country Roads webcast, and so really appreciate you joining us and our first, you know, little dive into that as well as, you know, our Kansas Review and Reactions here on Season 5, Episode 133. Be on the lookout for our Towson Preview and Predictions episode dropping near the middle of this week and, of course, the Q&A stream sometime on YouTube uh, this week as well. Be on the lookout for, on our social media pages for announcements on those. If you're watching the video side, just get there on the screen. But if you listen on the audio side, we'll give it to you. Twitter, at WVU Country Roads. Facebook and Instagram, just Country Roads webcast. We're going to get ready to get out here. Before we do, I know this is a, a loss and you know not, not the best circumstances, but let's, let's try in on something positive. Let's point out a couple positives with players of the game. Player of the game on offense, player of the game on defense. Where would you go, Bradley, for this Kansas game? Yeah, player
0: player of the game on offense. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Bryce Ford Wheaton. I think that he is on record to have a, an iconic year. He's going to he could go down as one of the best wide receivers in Mountaineer history with the kind of year that he's having. Um, you know, it's very it's a beautiful thing to see. The guy's absolutely changed his body, changed his game. Um, he's playing next level football right now, and it's so exciting to watch. On defense, absolutely none of them. Zero. I, I don't know. They all, they, they all get a minus five from me. It's just Sean Martin. I lied. Sean Martin. I, that's who I'm giving it to. Okay. Yep.
1: I think he had a that's sack. I
0: think he had I a couple like tackles for loss. Um, somebody that's really coming into their own this year and look looked good. Sean Martin. He's the only person that showed up to play on the defense.
1: I'll echo you there on defense because I was kind of thinking the same way as you. I was just going to be like, defense, no one, no one deserves it. But Sean Martin had a had a quietly nice game, and I liked his performance and the way he's developing. So, yeah, sure, we'll give it to him on D. Offense, I think there's only really two choices, probably JT Daniels, Bryce Ford Wheaton. You took Bryce Ford Wheaton. So I'll go JT Daniels. Mm-hmm. The one thing you can say that I think everyone in the Mountaineer Nation can agree upon is JT is a baller, has been, you know, from the first snap he took – and it's probably going to continue to be for the rest of the season, you know, fingers crossed. And we'll see where things go from here. He but will single-handedly
0: win some games this season. He is that good.
1: He should. Yeah. He has the ability. He is so to great. Go. He's
0: going to single-handedly win some of these shootouts.
1: Yeah. But, you know, we'll see how many more wins come for West Virginia down the way. Hopefully it's more than we're thinking at this point. But either way, we'll be here to talk about it as it progresses along. But in the meantime, that is a wrap on season five, episode one thirty-three, the Kansas Review and Reaction Edition. Bradley, any final thoughts? And uh, before we get up on, on out of here, trust the climb. <laughs> oh man! At least we're to laugh out of it. That's. That's all you can do. And, and the bad thing is, you know, I just bought some of the merch like this year's so I got to be a couple of Trust to Climb hats. I really like it. Yeah, so I still I love think, the theme. I, ho- ho- I the hope West Virginia just adopts good. the slogan themselves. I know Neil Brown kind of coined that, but I like the slogan, you know, Mountaineers climbing mountain. Like, I, I like, you know, it's good. It's good for the Mountaineers. But yeah, I hope, keep, I don't know. It's, a great, hope great it's not slogan. tainted with, with Neil Brown. But yeah, I uh, have a
0: hard time getting anybody else to buy in on it, though.
1: Yeah, that's for sure. That's for sure. So trust the. Summit. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> believe right. Believe in the, the scaling. The yeah, yeah, something, but I don't know. It's it's rough right now to be a mountain to be a mountaineer fan. But regardless, the one thing we all have is we do love our mountaineers, and that's why it's you know such a downtime right now because we care and we want to see them win. And it's been a long time since we've experienced a victory. You know, even with the bowl game in and with the loss that was, you know, eight nine months ago. So it's been a long time. West Virginia has has experienced a victory. Hopefully that changes this week. It should with West Virginia facing an FCS opponent in Towson. So hopefully we can at least get the taste of losing out of our mouths, at least for one week as we continue to go through. That's kind of my final thought as well as just to say, continue to always, you know, support the Mountaineers. That's That's what we're here to do. You know, regardless of how you're feeling about the coach, hopefully, you know, cheer the team on and hopefully they can get as many wins as possible and let the chips fall where they may with the head football coach and we'll see how that does as we progress. That being said, as always I'm Jordan Cruz for Bradley. Until next time, let's go. Mountain. If you really want to know then come on, let's go. Take a stroll down those. Seas.